1: We have Kevin Rodman here on the line with us today. Kevin, really appreciate your time. And this is a topic that I'm really looking forward to diving a little deeper because we have a lot of newer listeners to real estate investing. And we're going to essentially do a hard money lending 101 uh, class here today. So people have an idea of what hard money lending is, how to make use of it, and some of those questions that they should probably be asking themselves and their and their potential lenders. But uh, before we kick things off, we, I wanted to make sure everybody has your contact information. Uh, first of all, I believe your website is abl1.net. Is that That's is that correct. one of is that one That's of the best web- places to get a hold of you?
2: Well, that's our website, and there's a lot of information there for new investors. So I suggest you go there and play with it and look for information. But the way to get in touch with me is my email. Sure. Um, it's my initials K R at A B L one dot net.
1: Sure. And don't spam his email now. Uh-huh. <laughs> Correct. Well, uh-huh. I appreciate I appreciate your time today, and and like I said, we have a lot of newer lists newer to real estate investing investing listeners. So let's start things off by helping them understand what hard money lending is and how they can uh, incorporate that into their real estate investing goals.
2: Well, hard money lending, um, it, it covers a pretty somewhat broad spectrum of the type of lender, but it's an alternative to a bank. A bank um, takes time, uh, slow to close. Um, does a lot of due diligence, digs a lot, wants you to prove your income. Uh, when you have construction draws, they could take a week to review it and ask questions and fund it. A hard money lender um, is somewhat more based off of the asset. We, we don't underwrite the borrower as, as deeply as we underwrite the underlying real estate. And the other hallmark of what we do is we close fast. At ABL, our average time to close is two weeks. Last week, I closed the deal in two days. Uh, In order for that to happen, the borrower came with clean title uh, insurance uh, and um, all of his documentation ready to go because he got frustrated with another lender. So... It's, uh, it's, it's a bit of a, it's usually a high touch business. Um, I speak directly to borrowers, even though we, we've done almost over 700 million in loans in the last um, about five years. Um, um, we, even though uh, asset, it's asset-based lending uh, and it depends, it relies more on the value of the real estate, I don't want people to think we don't look at the borrowers. We do. We pull mm-hmm. FICO's. We look at two years of income taxes um, and we pull a background report and we have a in-depth conversation with the borrower, mostly to determine, does the borrower know what they're talking about? So what's the proposed project? And before we get on the phone with the borrower, we'll research that house and that market and we'll have a good idea of, of what and the borrower would have had to submit a draw schedule or scope of work for the renovation. So we'll have a good idea, but we still want to get comfortable with the borrower after we've gotten comfortable with the real estate.
1: Sure. Could you talk a little bit about like what, what are those things that you're looking at regarding that that real estate, that house that a person would need to, to be aware of?
2: Well, the most important thing for the borrower and ABL is that you buy the house right. Mm-hmm. That means you buy it at the right price. Right. And, um, generally, especially, you know, if you have new, new people to real estate on the phone, uh, on the, I'm sorry, on the program, um, buying on MLS is generally full price. Mm-hmm. You're not going to find some diamond in the rough on MLS. So, mm-hmm. Over 60, we have over 500 borrowers in our book right now, uh, in our portfolio. We're a direct lender. We have a 100 million in capital, and uh, 60% of our borrowers are repeat. And those borrowers are professionals, and they know how to find houses. They've got real estate agents who might find them a property before it's listed. Um, they go to courthouse. They go to courthouses for auctions. They have. Connections with banks for short sales um, and REO, um, and um, you know, one that's rare but we find often is a hoarder house. Most people, when you see a real hoarder house, it's shocking.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, you could get three dumpsters to clean out a 2,000 square foot house.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Stuff piled up to the ceiling, and you just can't. Some people can't envision what what it could be. What a professional investor does. So, so the most important thing is um, to answer your question is buy the house right. So then once you buy the house, uh, the, the, um, uh, the investor with, you know, without our help has to figure out what's the house going to be worth if I fix it?
3: Mm-hmm. And,
2: and, and w- what, what the be repaired. And so there's small renovations That are um, for a typical home of say, you know, 1,800 to 2,400 square feet. Small renovations are um, uh, redo the kitchen, redo the bathrooms, um, maybe um, refinish the floors and some paint. That, you know, that might be $25 a square foot. Then you get into slightly bigger renovations, which would include siding, roof, and windows. Now you're in for uh, maybe fifty dollars a square foot, maybe forty. And then there's bigger renovations where you're replacing the heater, adding HVAC, doing a bunch of electrical wa- electrical work. Um, if you're putting in HVAC, you might be putting in duct work. Now you're getting into um, you know seventy dollars a foot. Mm-hmm. So we. Um, the uh, the investor has to figure out, how do I make the most money? Do I do the $30,000 job, the $50,000 job, or the $70,000 job? And in order to figure that out, you have to know the local real estate market. So mm. there are some markets where you just have to have central air conditioning to get the right price. Um, often, um, you know, you need a, a uh two and a half baths not two baths and you almost always need a new kitchen if you're buying a house that's got a dated or beat up kitchen kitchens sell a home and honestly bathrooms sell a home sure. then it's pretty easy to refinish the floors. so 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 the investor has to decide which way they're going to go how big a renovation if i do the eighty thousand renovation um do I get paid back all of that, and maybe it sells the house quicker than thirty thousand dollar renovation? Um, and so those are the decisions to make. Then you get a scope of work. Should, you should have a contractor or interview two or three. Get a scope of work, what it's going to cost. Then you come to ABL. Now during this period, you'll be working with one of ABL's salespeople, and they know the the regions. The they know just like uh, myself and my partners know um, every town that we lend in and what the markets are like in those towns. And our salespeople have more time to talk with a potential borrower and talk about what we think might sell in that market. But really what they need is a real estate agent, the investor. They need a real estate agent to guide them and tell them, um, yeah, you got to put in central air. um, You... You know, you need a second bathroom. Sometimes in lower um, middle-income neighborhoods, we might see a 70-year-old Cape home where there's three bedrooms upstairs with one, with one bathroom, but no bathroom downstairs.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And, um, you know, or what does that mean for resale and what, do it, what would it mean if I put in a half bath? So, so those are the types of things you have to figure out before you present a real loan opportunity to ABL and you want ABL to lend you money. Sure. I hope that answered your question, Jack.
1: Yeah, no, yeah, it does. It And, and uh, what is interesting is that you, you're pretty much painting a situation where you, you could really use your hard money lender as one of those team members to validate a few things.
2: Well, we are a local lender. We lend in 10 States, Most of our lending is in a state that touches the Atlantic Ocean. And that's because um, we've been around for 10 years and we started, uh, we're based in Jersey City in in New Jersey. And we started just lending in um, New Jersey and New York. And then we added Connecticut and then we added Pennsylvania. And uh, then we added Delaware, Maryland, Virginia. Uh, We recently added Rhode Island, Massachusetts, New Hampshire, and along the way we added Florida, which has become one of our biggest markets. Um, and um, our our um, our value, our, our our mantra is: lend in areas that we know. I I don't know how to lend in Kansas. I, I don't know the market. Lend in markets that we know, and we know those markets. Um, and so we're a high service. Um, somewhat lower volume shop than if you go online and you see national lenders that lend everywhere. They're not going to give you the service. They're not going to hold your hand like we will.
1: Sure. So just as a reminder, everybody head over to abl1.net for more information. And as Kevin mentioned, there's quite a bit of information out there for for you there. Um, and it's, it's great to see a lot of those resources just, uh, available for people freely on, on your website. Um, when, uh, you're doing your due diligence on a property, then what, uh, what are you looking for? Like, uh, it, it, apparently there's going to be comparables and, and what in the neighborhood and the market support, yeah. but what are some of those due diligence items that, uh, that you will be asking for?
2: Great question, Jack. So um, the way the process works is my salesperson works with a potential borrower to put a submission together for the loan. And that's going to include a signed purchase contract, a scope of work, and a, and a borrower experience work fee. So what else has the borrower done in real estate investing? Um, and then they submit the package uh, um, for underwriting. So then I pick up the file to take a look. And I spend, um, and by the way, there might be more information in there um, that the borrower has submitted um, like uh, tax returns maybe, or um, um, survey, other things related to the property. So the first thing I do is I take a look at the property address and I go on Google and I pull it up. And there's a remarkable amount of information on Google. Mm -hmm. So I look at the house, um sometimes it's, uh, it, it there's photographs of the house online uh, inside um i then look at the street view um how does this house compare to the other houses on the street then i zoom out and take a look at the town um where is the town in relation to other towns that we know um where is it in relation to um new york city or um, one of the cities in Florida, or Boston, wherever, whatever state we're looking in. Um, Then I take a look at the scope of work. I already know from looking at the house what I think it's worth, Mm -hmm. uh, because we just know the market. And we we know what sells. And then I look at the scope of work, and based on what I'm seeing online, does the scope of work make sense? And we've underwritten thousands of loans. So then when we get into the scope of work, if it's a house that's going to sell for 350000 it doesn't need a $20,000 kitchen. Mm-hmm. So if there was a, you know, it needs $10,000 kitchen. So if somebody put a $20,000 kitchen in line item there, I would know there's a serious problem. Either the borrower doesn't understand what they're doing, or they've got a contractor who's trying to steal money from them. Or it's gonna be one or the other. Same with bathrooms. A three hundred thousand dollar house, could, the bathrooms could be around five thousand. Master could be seven. Um, and and so um, and same thing. We go down. I go down. I do a quick scan. Siding for that house to be six thousand. The roof could be seven thousand. Um, in the in those ranges. And so if it all looks good. Um, and uh, we also have a profit calculator, but um, we take a look at assuming an average hold time, which pre-pandemic was 10 months to, to get a project completed and sold. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that timeline actually had been lengthening over the last few years. It was eight months, three or three years ago. And um, there's a lot of reasons why things were getting a little bit longer. But post pandemic, six months, mm-hmm. everything's moving um, in, in, in the suburbs, inner city, you know, inner city, Brooklyn and Bronx, different story. Uh, if you're in an inner city market, those markets are, are not selling as well right now as suburbs because people are getting out of the city. Um, so um, we run the calculator to see how much profit the borrower has built in. We have our own policy which is a borrower has to make a minimum of $25,000 profit after all expenses um, or um, or uh, the lesser of that and 10% of how much they're spending. So if they're buying it for 250 and putting in 50, so it's 300 deal costs, then they have to have $30,000 profit based off of probably we'll put in a seven month hold time. So So that's what I look for. And then I get on the phone with the borrower and introduce myself and, um, start asking questions. I ask the borrower to tell me about themselves. Um, what do they do for a living? Um, um, do they have any partners in the transaction? What's their fight goes for? How much money do they have in the bank? Um, what, how much money do they make? Have they set up an LLC for the property? Um, um, how do they know the contractor? And describe the project. Mm-hmm. And the borrower has to sound like they really understand the project, that to give me confidence and my partner's confidence that they're going to execute because we're in this together. You know, we're, it's not adversarial. Really, um, we're partners. You know, mm-hmm. we want to just make our money back from the loan. Uh, um, make our interest, have the house pay off so we can put the money out again. And we want to help the borrower get it done. The borrower wants to get it done as fast as they can, sell the house, make their profit, buy another house, hopefully finance with ABL. So we're all aligned together. And mm-hmm. ABL, um, out of our 3,000 loans, we've we've only had problems on about 80 to hundred.
1: Sure. So it's, it sounds like, you know, outside of, you know, you, you talked about the statement of work, you need the address, um, maybe some tax information. What like your ideal applicant, if they came in fully prepared, what would they have in hand for you?
2: Purchase contract, a okay. well, a well thought out scope of work, a, uh, an experienced worksheet that we, we would give them a form where uh, a template in Excel where they would put that in. Um, and um, uh, that's really all oh you know this is hard money. hard money is fast, So um, that's really all we need to get on the phone with the borrower, talk about the deal, And give them a decision on the call. It's either, okay, um, sounds good. Everything you said sounds good. So we're going to move forward. We're going to send you a term sheet. And if everything you told me um, works out, we'll do this loan. But there's a fair number of steps between what I just said of sending a term sheet that, you know, and closing the loan. Sure. Um, and uh, we can go through that if we'd like to, uh, you know, process from term sheet to um, uh, close. But the most important thing, two of the, mo- the two of the most important things that happen, first is the appraisal. So once we've issued a term sheet, we order an appraisal. The appraiser, and we have appraisers in every county. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, the, you know, we move fast. And our appraisers are hard money appraisers, and they know we have to move fast. So we send them the order. The appraiser will call the borrower, set up the appointment. Usually happens within two days, maybe three. The appraiser has the scope of work, so they know what's being proposed to be renovated in the house. Um, And they meet the borrower and the appraiser at the property. And And the borrower then pays the appraiser typically $450 um, for the appraisal when they meet. And the appraiser then, takes with the scope of work, has the borrower explain the project. So they, they hear it. And then the appraiser will walk through the house, photograph everything, photograph the entire exterior, photograph the street view, go back to his office or her office, and within 48 hours, send us an appraisal report. That's a report that says, if the borrower does all these repairs, the house is going to be worth X, mm-hmm. and that's the biggie. That's the biggie. So if the borrower came to us and said, "I'm certain this house is going to sell for 350," I have a real estate agent, I have comps, um, you know, comparables that, you know, other sales. I know the neighborhood. I've done this before in this neighborhood. That's great. If it comes back at 350. And we had priced the deal for the appropriate profit margin, and you know, say the borrower is borrowing on that deal, maybe two seventy-five, so they've got seventy-five thousand baked in. Um, I'm sorry, but they're probably borrowing more like two fifty because they're spending more than we're lending.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, then uh, that's eighty-five percent of the deal right there. All that's remaining is some paperwork. Pretty standard, like the LLC formation documents and operating agreement. If there's more than one person, um, and the title report um, and credit. So, credit's the next really serious one. Borrower, but um, I'm always going to ask the borrower, "What's your FICO?" Borrower says, "My FICO is 700." We get borrower gives us authorization to pull credit. We pull credit. It comes back at 700. That's great comes back at six hundred, that's a big discussion.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, comes back at six fifty. Usually, it's because of high credit card balances. Not a big deal. We'll probably proceed. Comes back at six hundred, that's a challenge. Sure. Um, so there's a there's a FICO discussion to be had, and then there's the um, bank accounts. The borrower might need forty thousand dollars for this deal. To go forty thousand dollars. The down payment, cover the first draw, um, pay for closing costs. So they have to show us bank statements that show the um, that they have the cash, to close the deal, um, and then the title report is the final thing. It's always the final thing. Um, the borrower has to pay to have a lender's title report, which means there's a title company that's ensuring that When we make our mortgage, we're going to have a first lien and no other entity like uh, the county or the state looking for taxes um, or um, uh, another mortgage lender has a lien in front of ours. Mm -hmm. The, The title insurance, the purpose of it is to guarantee the lender that we have a perfected first priority lien in the, in the, in the property.
1: Sure. So, um, you know, and I, I probably are going to say that it, it likely depends on the property, but how do the, what would you typically see for terms and how does the, how is the money utilized? Like, uh, if, if I buy a property uh, I know that the it comps out. If I get it all repaired, it's going to be worth two hundred fifty thousand. But I'm buying it for half that, a hundred and a quarter. Mm-hmm. What would somebody um, typically see, like regarding the purchase price, and then how does the funding work for the rehab?
2: Another great question, Jack. So um, uh, every lender it has somewhat different um, rates points, and proceeds that they lend. And it also varies depending on the experience of the borrower. So as borrowers get more experience, they get lower rates and more proceeds, higher leverage. Mm -hmm. So our rates range from 9% to 11%, and our points range from one point to two points. So our borrowers that are doing Ten deals a year are getting nine percent and one point,
3: mm-hmm.
2: um, meaning if the loan is two hundred thousand dollars, that's two thousand dollars they pay us an upfront points. Um, and a borrower that's never done a deal before is getting eleven percent and two points. Okay, mm-hmm. that's the range. It's a pretty tight range. It's actually much tighter than it was years ago, um, where new borrowers might have had to pay. Thirteen percent, fourteen percent. The market, you know, gotten tighter. Um, and then there's proceeds. So mm-hmm. for somebody that's never done a deal before, we 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 cap our loan at eighty-five percent of their deal cost. So if their purchase, in your example, is one hundred and twenty-five thousand, and their rehab is fifty thousand, I'm making numbers up. I have to pull my calculator for this jack. That's one seventy-five. dollars So our maximum proceeds would be uh, Mm $148,000. So, but from that, we subtract the 50 for the construction escrow, which means we would come with roughly $98,000 to the close, and the borrower would have to come with roughly $27,000 down. Sure. And, um, so um, that's an important concept of, of most hard money lenders. It's very core to our culture, which is what we call skin in the game.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: How much cash does the borrower have to put in this deal so it's enough to incentivize them to get the deal done? Right. Because obviously if we lent 100%, they can just walk away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like they've got no skin in the game. So, and that's a big lesson learned from the, the, um, the great recession of 2007 and what went wrong with the mortgage market mm-hmm. is borrowers were getting 95 and 100% loans and then they all just walked away. So, mm-hmm. um, uh, we all, we've learned our lesson and now um, we require borrowers to come to the table with some cash
1: sure you know we talked about what your due diligence would be on a property but what let's let's spend in the last few minutes we have um talking about the due diligence a borrower should should have like what kind of questions and what should they be asking for from a potential borrower or lender well
2: one of the oh what's they asking from a lender oh yeah. okay just to make um, sure
1: that it's a good fit for them you know uh, yeah, you know there's a lot sure. of
2: Sure. So number one is, are you a direct lender or a broker? A direct lender like us generally keeps the loans in our portfolio. And that means we have a lot of flexibility Mm -hmm. because nobody else is telling us what to do. A broker is going to send the loan to some other firm. And you might be getting into a situation with a lot of unknowns. Right. Um, there's a lot of good brokers out there who broker to good firms, and then there's other situations. Um, so direct lender. That's number one. Number two. How fast can you close? This going to take me two months or two weeks because my seller told me I have to close in two weeks.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So like you know, yes or no? Can you close? And then take a look at their reviews on the web. ABL has hundreds of reviews and 98% of them are great. Mm -hmm. And so are the reviews online consistent with what the person you're talking to is saying? Are you certainty of close? That's the number one thing our borrowers are looking for. Can you close Okay. So are you a, a broker or direct lender? Can you close? Tell me about the closing process. Is this going to be somewhat easy or is it going to be really painful? Mm-hmm. And wh- how are you going to make this easy for me? Um, and uh, what's it going to cost me to close? What are all my costs? ABL just closes it in our term sheet. Every cost we have is there. Are there any other costs that you're not telling me about? Um, okay. Then. Um, then uh, when am I going to get term sheet? When am I going to know exactly what you're offering me? Mm-hmm. And, um, and is the term sheet um, going to change? Are you, gonna, are you going to change the deal at the last minute when you know I have to close? Right? Are you going to raise my rates? Are you gonna, you know, what, what are you obligated to do?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And um, you know, the truth is any lender can change anything at any time. But check out their reviews online, because lenders who do that, well, it shouldn't honestly. It it's up to you know, are we going to have a trusting partnership or not?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So those are those are the big questions that um, and, and some other questions borrowers ask is, should I hire an attorney? And the answer is yes. You know, mm-hmm. we think you should hire an attorney, um, and we're never going to advise you otherwise. Because right. if we advise you not not to, and everything gets screwed up, borrower is going to say, "But you told me not to hire an attorney." Mm-hmm. But in addition, ABL has a closing attorney. It doesn't. They're not part of our company. They're external. We have attorneys in every state, and so our borrowers have to pay the attorneys' cost. It's one of the biggest parts of the closing cost. In Florida, it's $500. But up here in the Northeast, it ranges from $1,000 to Mm $1,500. So it's it's a significant part of the closing cost. And another question borrowers ask is, uh, did I order the title report or will you? And our answer to that is whatever you want. Mm -hmm. We have a title agency that we work with. Um, we don't have an ownership interest in that title agency and we don't think lenders should have ownership interest in title agencies um, because it's could be somewhat of a conflict of interest. Um, and, uh, but some do, and it works okay. Um, and typically we tell borrowers to go out and order your own title because we uh, we think it's the right thing for a borrower to have freedom didn't do a choice sure
1: well the last question i have for you then is there is there a question you wished i would have asked you here today
2: um you've really covered it well jack um 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 i don't i can't think of anything right now um okay. and um you know do your lender when, to the the people listening do your lender due diligence do do you know, there's, there's a lot of lenders you can find on the, web, on the website out there. Um, you know, a lot of lenders paying for paid ads. And then there's the organic. ABL, we're proud. We've been around so long. We're near the top of the organic search in every state. So what does that mean? How do you get there? Well, you get there by having a lot of people land on your webpage um, and use your website. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, we're, we're proud of that. But um, do you want to work with a lender who's only been in business for two years uh, or one year? Um, So check out your lenders, um, check out their reputations, talk to a few of them, um, interview them. um, And um, that's my suggestion. And see if they're helpful. Mm -hmm. See if they can tell you about the market that you want to be in.
1: No, that's great advice. You know, as much as anything, I keep seeing everything as just adding a number, another team member and you need to make sure it's a good fit.
2: That's right. You really yeah. do.
1: Well, again, uh, if you want to hear more from Kevin, head over to abl1.net for more information. I really appreciate your time. This has been a great session, especially at long overdue hard money lending 101. And I really appreciate the insight and help.
2: Thank you, Jack. Thank you to everyone who's listening.
0: This has been the REI Mastermind Network. You can already tell that we've made some changes and a few more are on the way. If you are interested in what we have planned, head over to patreon.com slash REI Mastermind and support the show today. Financial contributions are always appreciated along with a like, share, and review. It really helps us grow and reach more people with this valuable information. See you next time and tell a friend.